This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new, used, or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. for the Green Hornet, his aide Cato, and their rolling arsenal, the Black Beauty. On police records, a wanted criminal, the Green Hornet is really Britt Reed, owner-publisher of the Daily Sentinel, his dual identity known only to his secretary and to the district attorney. And now, to protect the rights and lives of decent citizens, rides the Green Hornet. Tanner Faust, co-host of History Channel's Top Gear and All-Round Car Lover. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. 
Okay, listeners, welcome, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And yes, we are live in downtown Clearwater, and I'm your host, Robert. Good evening, Cedric. How are you doing? Oh, busy. Keeping busy, it, busy. it busy, but we're good. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I was just looking at our brand new uh, camera here. You know, we got this uh, new little camera in our studio. So you should be able to pick us up here live. We're streamed on the internet. You can Google Tantalk1340.com. We are live. And we got a brand new camera in here. And it is like HD, whatever it is. I'm not sure. Cedric, you're a uh, you're into this light model, uh, brand new style uh, electronics gizmo stuff. Anyway, yeah, it never works as well as it's supposed to. Well, right now, it looks like a still picture. <laughs> oh, hang on. Just refresh it. Yeah, actually, I have it back on the analog camera right now. You got it back so, on the analog? Yeah, okay. we're working We're working out the kinks. We're, we're working out We're going to get it one of these days here. Okay. Well, it looks like, pretty good. I'm watching the stream right now. Oh, yeah? yeah well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, moving, I'm moving, but nothing's moving on the camera. So, you know, maybe on yours, not mine. Yeah, you just got to refresh it. So that it is? Okay. Yeah, I'll refresh it in there. Okay. I hit, was that F5, right? Yes, sir. All righty. I just did F5. Anyway, hey, be sure and run to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Check out some of our past shows on our podcast. Be sure and give us a big like on Facebook. And, well, this week I don't have any radio giveaways, but I will in a few weeks. Last week we had some for the Festivals of Speed, which was an amazing event down in St. Pete. We'll get to that in a few minutes. And uh, go to our stuff page because we still have some decals and we have some T-shirts, okay? At any rate, now, the reason I played those three songs, if you caught those, for the people that are kind of still my baby boomer generation here, is the first song was uh, Dukes of Hazard. The second song was the theme song to Mod Squad, which was a late 60s, early 70s, cool, kind of a hip kind of show with a bunch of undercover detectives, so to speak. And then the third show, obviously, was the Green Hornet, and uh, all of which I used to watch when I was a kid. Um, I was actually a little bit too old for uh, Dukes of Hazard, but I did catch it from time to time. It was a cool show, rather. Anyway, the reason I played those is because two, three weeks ago, I was down in Fort Lauderdale, and I was covering the Auctions of America. And a matter of fact, later in the show, we will be playing some clips from some people that I interviewed, a couple guys that had some cars, and uh, the president of Auctions of America, Donnie Golds, who's also a friend of mine. And and while I was down, and guess what? I ran into, finally, got a hold of the guys from Pawn Stars. And we have an interview clip with them, because I was actually able to catch them in between they're being mauled by all the people down there and doing their uh, filming because they were actually filming a show down there because um, Rick Harrison is kind of a Steve McQueen fan, and uh, he had uh, a 1950 Chevrolet convertible that was used in the movie The Hunter, which was the last Steve McQueen movie. And I guess evidently, as the story goes, Steve McQueen liked the car so much, and it was such a nice-working car, that he decided to buy the car afterwards. While well, the car remained in his collection for a number of years, then ultimately, when they sold some of the cars out of the estate, it went to the Imperial Palace Museum in Las Vegas, and then every so often the museum in Las Vegas changes their inventory, so the car came up for auction, somebody bought it, and then ultimately uh, uh, Rick procured the car. So that's what they were doing down there, and they were filming it. So that will be an upcoming episode and feature on their show. But I got a chance to talk to Corey for a little bit and talk to Rick for a few minutes, and uh, so it's a pretty good interview. But anyway, getting back to the the uh, the auction down there, one of the cars used in the TV show, the Mod Squad, was there. A 71 Challenger convertible converted to a 72 Challenger convertible. Okay. The promotional car for the Green Hornet was there. A customized 1966 Imperial that was done by uh, Dick Dean and Dean Jeffries. And one of the stunt cars, the infamous General Lee 69 Charger, that was recently used in the uh, in the movie, uh, the remake of the movie Dukes of Hazard. It was down there as well. And as a matter of fact, last weekend, I, if you guys tuned in, I mentioned that I would be attending the Bear Jackson auction. And supposedly there was one of three, there was three stunt cars used. And three of those cars were sold to the public. So 
Coincidentally, one of them happened to be at the auction that I was attending, uh, Auctions America. The second car, I guess, I presume, uh, I didn't check the VIN number, but it was at, it was auctioned off at Barrett Jackson. So at the, it was a no sale at Auctions America and it was a, at 45,000, somewhere around in there. And I think it was a sale at Barrett Jackson's for somewhere around fifty-seven, fifty-eight thousand $58,000. So. That was interesting. But yours truly will be writing the auction analysis report. So I tell you guys to check out Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector, and they will be in there probably in two months. As a matter of fact, if you have this month's issue, which I think I have a copy of it, and it's got a nice pretty, I'll hold it up here so you can see it maybe somehow. Uh, there's a nice 63 Corvette on there that sold for over 200000 at Meekums in Kissimmee this past January. But anyway, it is the March-April edition. My coverage is in there from the Russo auction in Scottsdale. Anyway, let's see. What else we got going on? We got some cool songs coming up, or we have one at least. Anyway, we'll do that in a minute or two. But let me talk a little bit about um, cars and auctions. You know, there's a huge myth about auctions, and I've had my doubts about them in the past. But lately, I've been attending quite a few of them. So I guess at the end of the day, what I can say is it's probably a great place to check out a lot of cars. Again, the caveat being buyer beware. Be careful what you buy. You really have to know what you're looking for, okay? There are some good deals. It's a good place to sell something if you've got a really, really, really stand-up car, because occasionally stand-up cars bring all the money. The trick is, obviously, is having the right set of numbers. you got to have the car there on the right day and the right time of the day. So I would say middays on Fridays, Saturdays is usually pretty good. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if there's still a Sunday. Sunday is the best day to buy, the worst day to sell, because chances are you're going to get leftovers, okay? The first two days, you're not going to get the best numbers. Occasionally, you know, you don't get all the money in the car if you're selling, but if you're buying, you might get a good deal. And I will say, because of the variety of cars are there, and there's a ton of them there, if you're not looking for a perfect show, 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 show car, you could probably get a good buy there. So case in point, let's say at Barrett's went last week when I was there last weekend, there was a couple of cars. There was a uh, mid, yeah, 71, 72 Mustang Mach 1 there. You know, 17000 bucks, Not a bad deal. A decent car. I mean, you got to figure the premium, the you know, the fees and stuff involved in it. But it was a real, really nice car. And it was so nice, in fact, that if the guy had done the car, he probably would have had more in the car than what he sold the car for, because that's typically what happens, because the car had been redone, had a fresh interior, fresh paint job, some interior work, uh, looked pretty doggone good, you know. So you figure the cost of the car, and I say this all the time because I do appraisals, okay, be sure and look at these cars real close, because one thing you don't want to do is get a rust bucket that's been all camouflaged. But at any rate, a lot of these cars, if you figure the cost of the car, let's say ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars for an average car, and then you got to put another ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars in it, unless you can do the work yourself. If you've got to pay to have the work done, that's obviously where you get a little, you get hammered, so to speak, you know, because everybody gets a little piece of you. But uh, so if you can buy a really, really nice car, muscle car for under twenty thousand, twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars, you're doing pretty good because, by like I said, by the time you factor in the cost of the car and then having all the work done and the time, don't forget the time. You know, you're not going to be able to drive it if you go to the auction and you buy it. It's like instant gratification. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, I think we got something spinning around on the turntable. So uh, got a little uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, Rick Harrison's a big Bob Dylan fan. So uh, this is for Rick Harrison. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessmen, they drink my wine Plowmen dig my earth None of them along the line Nobody else 
thief he kindly spoke There are many here among us Who feel that life is but a joke But you and I, we've been through that And this is not our fate So let us not talk falsely now The hour is getting late Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Okay. Hang on, we're coming in for a landing here. <laughs> okay, we're back, and you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're going to go ahead and play that little clip, uh, that interview that I did with uh, Rick Harrison and Corey. Big ha! So uh, sit tight, this is a good interview. All right, I'm here at the uh, Auctions America auction in Fort Lauderdale this weekend, and guess who happens to show up here? The guys from Pawn Stars. And everybody watches the History Channel. And, of course, we have a, a number of guests on our radio show. Uh, Tanner Faust is coming on from uh, Top Gear, uh, Danny Coker from Counting Cars, Rick Dale from American Restorations. And here are the two famous guys... The father and son team from Pawn Stars. Haas, welcome to Nostalgic Radio Cars. How's it going, man? <laughs> so I didn't realize, how big a car collector guys are you? Right now I have 28 registered vehicles. <laughs> 28 registered vehicles? Yeah, 28 registered vehicles, uh, 10 bikes, and uh, about 19 cars. So. so of the cars that you have, what's the range of the cars that you have? Everything from a uh, 2013 Bentley GTC Speed or to a uh, Mini Cooper. <laughs> What's your daily driver? Ford F-150, man. I drive it every day. Well, you're a good man. <laughs> so, I was going to say, if it was a 250, it'd probably be a diesel, but it's a 150, so yeah. it's a late-model truck. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I got, I got the Harley, Harley-Davidson Harley Edition F-150. That's my uh, that's my daily driver. It's uh, it's comfortable, and I can put in the back of it, and I like it. Not going to bleak it, you know that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, let me ask you another question. So what really got you into cars? I mean, is that something that you, your dad got you kind of into? Did you take an interest in, in yourself? 
You know what, man? I've always been into tattoos, hot rods, and motorcycles. It's just it's something I was born with. I don't know what it is, but from the time I was 16 till now, I've been into old cars, motorcycles, and you know, tattoos. So, Corey, I see you walking around here and you're looking at a lot of these cars at the auctions. And I noticed you had your eye on this uh, butterscotch uh, '69. Roadrunner over here. So you are kind of a Mopar guy? You got a hot for a, I'm a Mopar, muscle car? I'm a Mopar guy, man. I'm not a muscle car fan, but that Roadrunner's had my eye. I've had my eye on that Roadrunner for about three years. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. You saw that Block 70 GT or Roadrunner Hemi go through. Yeah, I was I was outside. I didn't, get, I didn't get to catch the auction. I can't believe it didn't meet reserve at 65. No, that was a beautiful car, though. It was. So you got your eye on anything else around here? You know what? There's a few Roadrunners, and that's all I'm looking at right now. That's all you're looking at? Yeah. Okay, well, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Cool. <laughs> all right. There's a, there's a butterscotch one and a blue one, so I'm going for both of them. Does it matter whether it's 68, 69, or 70, or any one of the three? Don't matter. Four-speed automatic, out of preference? Don't matter. Don't matter. Just, just got to be a Roadrunner. Just got to be a Roadrunner. If worse comes to worse, Danny can find <laughs> you one, right? Exactly. Last week, I just bought a 1946 Knucklehead. Motor Harley, so, yeah. So, 46, 47 is the last year for a Knuck, right? Yeah. 47 is last year for a Knuck. I bought a 46. It's a... Uh, it's going to be funny. You guys are going to see me on the show learning how to drive a uh, suicide clutch. Uh, I've tried that before. <laughs> I, know exactly. I had a 48, what, uh, or 47 and a half, the last end, tail end of the, yeah, it, the side shifters. It's going to be funny watching me learn how to drive it because I've never done a suicide clutch before, so it's a little rough. Okay. So out of all the bikes that you have, I mean, how rare are some of the bikes that you have in your collection? Um, you know what? The, the knucklehead I the knucklehead I just bought is probably the rarest. Uh, I got a uh, suicide shift uh, shovel head that's... That's rare too. It's a, um, you know, it's a split shovel. It, you can't find them anymore. It's a, uh, it's probably my favorite bike of all of them. Really? It, I ride it pr- at least every day. Okay. And your daily motorcycle would be what? Daily, I ride a Dyna just because it's comfortable. Uh huh. I've got a, uh, I've got a 103 built out with a chip in it. Uh, it's a wheelie machine with a. Uh, progressive piggyback reservoirs on the back i can take this bike off a curb at 100 miles an hour oh no kidding yeah so but it's a stock trim no extended forks or anything like that no extended forks uh just a added suspension in the front and rear and it, uh, it's a uh, it's insane how fast this bike can go really i was actually uh behind a concrete truck getting pelted the other day and i decided to pass it in the emergency lane and ended up popping the front wheel up and got pulled over by the cops so <laughs> All right, now at the sh- when the show takes place, or even at your store, which I've been there before a number of times now, how often do motorcycles come in? Daily, daily, really. You got to remember, we have we have between three and seven thousand people coming through the shop a day, so somebody always has something. Is there? Do you guys ever run ads looking for certain things, or does it just come? You know what? what you got? Type deal? I'm lucky enough because of the show that stuff just comes. Really, I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to work at it. I don't have to find it. Because of Pawn Stars, stuff just flies in the store. How long? How much has the the TV show impacted your business? 100%, man. 100%? Yeah. I mean, we used to be uh, 13 guys in the shop with uh, 100 customers a day, and we thought we were really cranking it out and we were busy. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, uh, now we're 53 guys in the shop with... 6,000 people is a slow day. <laughs> wow. So when did, the, did your dad or your grandfather, who actually started the Pawn Stars? My dad and my grandfather started together back in 1981. They okay. opened up a shop. and uh, I was lucky enough and uh, 
early 2000s to join in with the team and uh, mm-hmm. actually get involved in the shop and start working it. What, tell us, what is some of the most wicked, wildest, goofiest forms of rolling transportation that has come through your store? At a, I had a pink Fiat with uh, eyelashes show up not too long ago. That was on the show. The I, I wi- think I remember that. <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever had was uh, nine skulls in a duffel bag. Nine skulls in a duffel bag? Yeah. Guy claimed he was from a dental school. I thought it was a little shady. I had to pass on it. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, now, as far as your show, how often do you film? How does that work? 40 weeks a year. 40 weeks a year, 12 hours a day, five days a week. Really? Yeah. Wow. So Yeah, we knock, we knock out about 77 episodes a year. So it's that's not quite a, a few. Yeah. It, um, if you think about it, The Simpsons have aired... 350, 400 episodes. Mm-hmm. In four years, we've aired 285. No kidding. Yeah. Or we filmed 480 or 285. So how long do you think you're going to keep the show going? As long as they keep writing me checks, man. So, so now, <laughs> do they come to you and say, hey, we're going to redo this, renew the season? Is that how it works? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. They come in for an episode order, and that's how it works. Because some shows, they film like 13 episodes, and then they run it for a season, then they come back to you. But I've, you know who I ran into not too long ago up here was uh, your friends Mike and Fritz from uh, Pickers. Are they here? Well, they were here. This is like going back like three, four months ago, but I ran into them down here. And he was telling me the way they do it, they film two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off. Coker, he says he films like uh, 20 weeks uh, at a shot or something like that. His deals yeah. differently. And then Rick, and, all, the, all year every, round. Everybody's deals a little bit different. The great thing with my shop is that we can film uh, we can film essentially year-round constantly. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I knock out about 77 episodes a year. Wow. That's a lot. Now, do they all get shown on TV or only some of them? All of them get shown on TV. Eventually. All of them? Yeah. So now, how often do you... How long does it take to do a show when you take one? Yeah, it all depends on what gets brought in the shop that day. I mean, I can't do an episode where all I'm buying is less small guitars. Mm-hmm. So they'll chop it up between something I bought six months ago today and you know something I'll buy a week from now. So they kind of mix them in real quick. You'll notice there's some episodes where I gain and lose 150 pounds in an episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's because they're filmed at different times. Yeah. I gotcha. Now, do people from all over the world call you to bring stuff to get on TV? Does that happen? Yeah, it's crazy, man. The second something airs on TV, I've got 20 guys on the phones in the morning taking bids on what the uh, item is. Really? And every item that's on TV is sold in the, morning, the next morning. Do you pick and choose, I mean, the more rare, the more interesting stuff, or do you, how does that work? You know what? I have absolutely zero to do with the production quality, production really? of the show. I um, I show up to work, it's my 9 to 5, they tell me what they want, and I'm just there to film, man. Okay. Now, you're here this weekend with your dad, because you've got the Steve McQueen Pony, or Chevrolet, the convertible, and I remember seeing that movie in 1980 when it came out, it's one of Steve McQueen's last movies, Hunter, and that car was featured in it, and I didn't know that he actually owned that car, but I guess that's the car from the movie. Correct. Yeah, yeah, he actually bought the car. He liked the car so much he bought it from the uh, production company. Okay. And uh, it actually became his car and got sold as part of his estate in 1984. And uh, we ended up with it. So it was uh, pretty interesting. Well, I noticed the license plate on the car is 2006. That was the expiration. Last time it rent was street legal, I guess. I think we just registered, actually. Uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Now, does your dad... 
does he is he's a big Steve McQueen collector, obviously. Why would you be selling that car if you're kind of a, you kind of collect that kind of stuff? I mean, just out of curiosity. You know what? It's um, we feel like there's a Steve McQueen bubble right now. Okay. And it's always better to get into the bubble before it burst. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no. you know, the guy's watch just sold for ninety grand. His uh, race suit just sold for, you know. Like three hundred grand, and his last car just sold for a million. So he's not loving, yeah. Let's uh, we want to get into that uh, that genre before it pops. <laughs> okay. Now, why did you decide to bring the car to Fort Lauderdale to sell it here at Auctions America, which is a great auction, by the way? You know what? We uh, we were uh, in contact with the guys. They uh, they hit us up. They wanted to do a piece with us, and uh, we thought it couldn't be any better. Like what we'll film a show here, put the car in the auction, couldn't work out any better. I gotcha. Now, what are some of the other things you're doing while you're in Florida here? And I mean, obviously, you've been here a number of times, but since you're selling the car here, what else did you check out? Look for any antiques? Yeah, I've been at a lot of bars, man. <laughs> a lot of bars. How about pawn shops? You go check out the competition? No, nah, man. Uh, Florida pawn shops are a little bit different than what I'm used to, man. Okay. It's, uh, they give pawn shops away here, like liquor licenses. So <laughs> there's a pawn shop almost every corner. I gotcha. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So you're filming the show here today. And then what happens if the car doesn't sell? I mean, what are you hoping to get for the car? If the car doesn't sell, I'm going to rib my dad so much. Like, he's got six hours of a flight home yeah. where I can just bash him over it. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the funny thing is the old man, uh, you know, the pawn shop paid for us to come out here. So my mini bar bill has been epic so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so if the car doesn't sell, it's just the icing on top of the cake. I got you. But you're hoping the car will do what? Now, real money, if I was just a regular, if it didn't have the Steve McQueen connection, it'd be about a $50,000, dollars $50, car, yeah. correct? You know, but with the Steve, Steve McQueen connection, man, you don't know. You like, don't know. It's a... Uh, um, my projections are between fifty thousand and a million. Okay, that's that's good. That's a wide range. So somewhere in that range, I'll be happy. Somebody's going to get a lottery ticket. Yeah, basically. I exactly. Got that, that's that's what I'm looking at. It's one or the other. But anyway, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes to come on this topic video on cars. I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. This is a long-term proposition. We have ten thousand square feet of storage, and it's stacked to the ceiling most of the time. If I can make money on it, I'll take it. Someone pulls up with a truckload full of manure and I know where to sell it, I'll take it. <laughs> now I got a few minutes with his dad, Rick Harrison, the main man, the funniest guy on TV, a real enthusiast as far as cars, antiques, and everything. Rick, I want to welcome you to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Just out of curiosity, you brought the Steve McQueen car here. Tell us a little bit about how you got that car and why you decided to bring it here to uh, sell Basically, it. you know, a lot of people call me up wanting to sell me stuff, and um, someone called me up uh, right around a year ago, wanted to know if I wanted it. Um, uh, I kept it for myself, and then there was that auction last year, last August with all the Steve McQueen stuff that went insane prices, and I figured, you know, if I get an insane price for it, I might as well sell it, so I brought okay. it down here. Now, you're a big Steve McQueen collector. You have other memorabilia from Steve McQueen as well, correct? Um, not that much stuff. I got really? a few things. I got some autographs. I got... I built my own bullet car because no one can afford the real bullet car. Okay. <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, I was going to ask you, that was that one episode where you and your son went out and you found some car, some 68 yeah. Mustang Fastback? Yeah, I found a 68 GT Fastback because the original bullet was a 68 GT. Right. Okay. So, like, of all the things that you collect to come into the store, I mean, do you sell a lot of stuff or do you have a lot of stuff that you go, wow, i got to keep this? this is really uh, there's rare. a lot of things that I, that I keep for a while and then I end up reselling. I guess they, they grow old on me real okay. quick. So what are some of the things that you look for that you collect that are kind of like dear to your heart? Uh, well, no, I, I collect really old books. I okay. collect uh, incontable books, uh, 
which book, our books printed before 1500. Oh, really? Um, I collect old maps, a few things like that. Are you a gun collector? Because I know a lot of guns. I got a lot of weird old guns. Okay, and yeah. knives and things like yeah, that, artillery. Yeah. Um, yeah, mostly just old guns. Old Winchesters I really like. I got a lot of weird old Winchesters. What about some of the cannons that appeared on your TV show? No, no, those I resell. You, know, you, you know what? They're just really hard to hang on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And some of the artwork. So now you and your dad started that business, what, back in the 80s, correct? Yeah. What did you do before that? Uh, my dad had a little secondhand store before we had a pawn shop. Oh, really? Yeah, and then uh, we moved to Vegas in, eight, in 81. Really? Where are you from originally? I uh, grew up in San Diego. Cool. Now, what about motorcycles? Do you collect motorcycles, too? Uh, yeah, I got a few motorcycles, and I got a, I got a, a 1940 Indian uh, that's uh, completely restored. It's a military bike. It's even got the uh, holster uh, up front for a Thompson machine gun and the, uh, and the grenade holders. A weirdest thing in the world to drive. It's a foot clutch, stick shift. Left-hand throttle, right right-hand uh, throttle is for uh, advance and retard on the uh, distributor. Oh, like an old Model A, basically. Yeah, yeah, ba- yeah. Basically, as you drive it, you have to adjust the timing. Uh, what what other cars do you have in your collection? Um, as far as old cars, I got a 1918 Buick that I'm working on right now. I'm buying a uh, 21 window Safari van on Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna start working on that. Um, just not a whole lot right now. I'm just trying to. I just about, got a new house with a big garage so I can start working on stuff again. How about the Volkswagen thing? I remember the, one of the episodes you were talking about that, trying to get Corey interested in it. Yeah. Uh, one of these days I'm going to pick up another one when I find a clean one. Okay. There's so many of them that's been bastardized over the, you know, they just, it's hard to find one close to stock that you can actually work on. Well, believe it or not, I actually know where this one. It's a green one. It's fairly original. It's got a 912 engine in it. I'll have to check that out for you and see. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, too. Now, let's say you brought the Steve McQueen car here. What are your expectations of that car? I have no idea. What it goes for, it goes for. I'm just, uh, I'm hoping for the best. I gotta get, I gotta start filming. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker from Counting Cars out here in Las Vegas. And I love listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you better listen to them, too. Okay, we're back. And yeah, Danny Coker was on our show here not too long ago. And he also hangs out with the guys in the Pawn Stars. So that was a pretty good interview. Uh, they were real busy because they were filming, and the crews were running all over the place, and they were running from people because everybody was chasing them, you know, trying to get their autographs and all that other good stuff, including me. You know how it is, but that's my job. At any rate, uh, our next little interview I got is with a gentleman that owned a beautiful, a stunning, and amazing uh, 1971 Boss 351 Mustang. And uh, of the three bosses, they made a 6970 Boss 302, 6970 Boss uh, 429s, and 71 was the only year for a Boss 351, which actually was quicker than the other two. Um, it was a factory out-of-the-box 1370 car. But anyway, this gentleman found this car, and uh, it was a fairly clean piece, real solid. We call it School Bus Yellow, but uh, it's it's got another name for it, and I'll let the gentleman tell you because it's in the interview. And um, this car was actually, the DSO on this car was 24, so it's an original Jacksonville car, sold new in uh, Hialeah, Florida, wound up in Oklahoma, and then made his way back. This guy found it. It was a fairly unmolested car. This goes to show you, there was two cars there. There was a Boss 351 that was a white car, decent driver, aftermarket intake manifold, wrong carburetor, 
you know, had magnums on it, looked okay, and they're all, all Boss 351s are four-speed cars, okay? So that car was a decent-looking car, good driver, okay? It sold for 32000 and changed, thirty-three. I think it had like a $35,000 reserve on it, and they dropped it, and it kind of moved up a little bit, okay? This guy got over fifty, I think fifty-five, $56,000 for this Boss 351, but the detail... The, the car was what you would call front-line ready. The only thing that was changed on the car, I believe, was uh, it had some two front seats were reupholstered, and it had a paint job. But other than that, top to bottom, undercarriage, interior compartment, engine compartment, running gear, everything was detailed as if it had just rolled off the assembly line, except for the paintwork, which was actually better than new. So here comes the interview. We'll let you listen to it, and just give you an idea of uh, you know some of the feedback at uh, what goes on in some of the auctions. Okay, guys, I'm here uh, still hanging around the auction, and I'm uh, talking to John, Joe, and Lorraine. And John had, I talked to him earlier before his auction, or before the car went across the block, and he has the most stunning, beautiful, we call it school bus yellow, but it's actually medium yellow gold, 71 Boss 351. So, John, before the auction, you had concerns. So yes. tell us a little bit about your car and tell us before and after. Well, I mean, the condition, you mean? Or, well, tell or, us before the auction. You know, tell us a little bit about the car, what you did. Right. It's a survivor car. The car's a survivor car. We went with one repaint, uh, just a little freshening up on the interior, and... Um, just a real nice original car is what it is. Okay. And um, and it's actually a no option car. The only thing it had was an AM radio. That's correct. correct. Yes. For sixty six dollars back in those days. Yes. Yes. And originally okay. was from Hialeah, Florida. Came out. Right. Yep. So the DSO is twenty four, which is Jacksonville. I so believe so. Car. Right. And then it went to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And then you found it here in Florida. I found it here in Florida. So tell us what you did to the car to bring well, it to a level. A light cosmetic restoration, I would call it. Okay. It just freshened up. We gave it a paint job and. Uh, Cleaned up the interior and did some engine bay detail. Basically, that's about it, you know. Well, it's a stunning-looking yeah. car. So now, before the auction, you're anticipating what kind of a number for the car? Well, I thought it was going to do in the 40s, and I would have been happy uh, probably in there in mid-40s or so. Okay, so and then it, it goes across it, the block, and it exceeds your expectations. Yes, it did, yeah. So this, what did it do? Uh, 54. 54,000. This is a great auction. Did you have Great any concerns auction. when the white 71 Boss 351 went across the block and struggled at 32000 Well, I had to be honest, I did, a little yeah. bit, but um, it, it just was a little better car, better condition, well, a little your more car original. Was completely original, right yeah. down the carburetor, and some of the other uh, rare items on that car, I mean, let's see, what was on there? It had the original rev limiter was on that car. Factory rev limiter. Exhaust rig- manifolds were on that car. Rigid manifold, on that car. carburetor. Carbur- yeah. A lot of original components which do make up. Which do make up a, a very unique and original car. All right, yep. so now you've got your fifty some odd thousand dollars richer, basically. So what are you going to go build now and bring to the auction next year? Uh, well, there's a couple of things we're working on. Um, you want to keep them a surprise? Yeah. Okay. We'll keep you on. We'll keep you on hold on that. Okay, Joe. <laughs> now you you're, you help your buddy John here working on his car. So yeah. what were your thoughts? Were you excited when the car brought over fifty thousand dollars? I was hoping it was going to do that. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. That's good. I was hoping it was going to do at least that. So you're not going to tell me what kind of surprises he's got in the garage either, right? You're going to nope. Okay. Nope. And Lorraine, what do you think of the whole thing? It did a good job. It's a good job. It did good. You like cars too? Yes. Oh, I all old cars. All old cars. What, do you drive an old car? No, I don't drive right now. But you're riding these old cars with these guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always go with them all the time. All right. The auctions and everything. Good, good, good. Well, Lorraine, yeah. Joe, John, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes. Thank and you. And we'll probably see you here next year at Ab- Auctions of America. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Great place to be. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right. 
Okay, we're back. Now, there was a good example um, of two cars, identical cars, all right, basically. One, and I don't know what the what the uh, gold one looked like when he got it, but I'm assuming it was probably edgy like the white one. The white one was just a you know, nice driver, you know, say your local car show kind of quality car. But if you go and take the time and the effort to perfectly detail the car, okay? Now, keep in mind, both these cars, Boss 351s out of the box, are relatively low-option cars, okay? So this gold one had basically an AM radio, and that was it. I mean, it didn't even have a console in it. They're really just go-fast cars, you know, uh, although you could get some deluxe interior options and stuff like that on them, axle ratios and so on. So, uh, and the white car didn't have a console. It was probably a low-option car, too. It was a white car, which, you know, six to one, half a dozen, you know, colors, uh, and that category you know reds obviously do real well um blues do real well the silver is a stunning color in that car but this just goes to show you if you take the time to really really detail the car and make it look frontline ready now the guy went overboard i mean he went underneath the car and it looked brand new and he did all the detailing and put all the markings on all the stickers you know the wires looked all brand new i mean the car looked brand new but he got almost nearly double the money so that's a good example of, uh, you know, if you want to take your car and you want to take it to an auction and you want to get all the money, you've got to prepare the car. But on the other hand, if you were looking to buy a Boston 51 and you just wanted a nice driver and do feel little things to it yourself, the white one was a bargain, actually, because to buy a done Boston 51 and it was a match-numbered car, I mean, that's what they announced on the block, original motor, original training, original rear end. You know, they're all Boston 51s, slightly modified, to 330-horse solid lifter motors. They're all factory four-speed cars. They all have nine inches, usually the 350, 391 gears. Um, there were no drag packs, although you could get an optional uh, 430 rear end in the car. But uh, anyway, just goes to show you that there are some buys and there are some sales there. Anyway, we're going to turn on a little music here for you real quick and then we're gonna come back with a commercial we get some other interviews for you got a little vintage bob seeger for you you know motor city since we're on the subject of cars
may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. All right, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm doing some clips and some interviews from uh, when I was down at the Fort Lauderdale auction here about uh, two, three weeks ago. Uh, the next interview was a gentleman that had a really, really nice 1959-60, because it depends on where it was built and when it was title was issued, uh, Triumph TR3. And this gentleman took a, a, a pretty good car to start with, again, emphasis on a good car to start with, and did an amazing job. I mean, just like the guy with the Boss 51, he really went overboard, over-restored the cars. But those are the cars that Bring truly all the money at the auction. So listen to the interview. It's a pretty good interview, and we'll be back in a few. Okay, I'm here with Jose. Jose had a beautiful 1960 Triumph 2R3, and uh, we talked earlier about your car and how you did a really neat paint job. It was painted British racing green. You made it kind of like a tribute car to the rally cars back in the day. So right. tell us a little bit about the car real quick, and then tell us how happy you are that you actually sold the car, and are you happy with the results? Yes. Um, well, uh, it all began by uh, purchasing the car. I, I found the car uh, in, an, in, a, in an ad uh, from a, an old uh, British car club from an uh, individual from Ohio. I contacted him uh, after uh, three or four weeks of negotiation. We finally came to you know agreement on the price. I purchased the car. And uh, at the time, the car was a uh, very good, solid driver, but it had been restored for a period of time, like about 18 years, garaged. Then I decided to refresh the car, and then I went ahead and refreshed the whole car. Uh, brand new paint job, uh, completely detailed the engine bay, uh, got it out all the interior and cleaned it and put it back together. Uh, we revised all the uh, instruments. Uh, and uh, and and then I decided to add the uh, rally package because I you know I fell in love with uh, the way they look with the uh, with the top and then I located a top in uh, in uh, Texas and I purchased the top. Then I started looking for the uh, light and the light package and the Halda Speed Pilot, the uh, the previous correct chronograph uh, stopwatches and finally you know the whole car was put together after uh, eight months of work more or less. Well, I got to tell you, it was a stunning-looking car. Now, you have other cars that you're working on as well, right? Yes. I, uh, the, the reason why I decided to uh, uh, sell the car, and by the way, you asked me if, the, if I was happy with the results in, yeah. in RM here. I was pretty happy, particularly with the uh, TF. I didn't get the, uh, the uh, reserve price that I had, but uh, we made an agreement at the end. And uh, they, you know, uh, we worked out a, a, a price that was uh, fair enough for me. And the reason why, going back to the price that I decided to sell the car is because I just purchased not too long ago a 57, uh, very original, unique TR3, a small mouth TR3. Uh, there happens to be a, a very few production of a special color called Winchester Blue. And, and it has a, the, uh, that I had told you before, the metric called metric or basket weave interior that only came on very few early production tier twos and this was a special order car i, I believe 
the car had been sitting for a period of probably 20 to 30 years from from my uh, findings and, and you know and, and the inspections I did on the car and uh, to my surprise I tuned it up I cleaned the carburetors uh, I didn't know, do much and I, I didn't even uh, change the spark plug wires and it started right up wow. and it's running beautiful and it does not have a, a single oil leak which is unbelievable on a, on a 57 or 3 and so you know now I'm in the process of you know it, it, it's pretty much 80, 85% taken apart I'm going to do the body and, and I'm going to restore the original complete leather interior put it back together and I hope that you know I finish it on time because I want to show the car next year in a couple of concours well that's good congratulations on selling your car so this car you're going to keep you're not going to sell this car right I don't think so uh, it's a much rare car it's the early production 57 uh, the first six months of the 57 production uh, they stopped making the small mouth and I was always after a small mouth and you know when I found the the, the, the 60 or 59 if you, you know if you want to call it because by heritage certificates of 59 um you know, it was like a consolation car to play with, but you know, uh, for when I kept on looking, when I found that this uh, the spread of a year and a half or so, when I before I found that the uh, good deal on the on the 57, and that's why you know I decided to sell the the 60 and and work on this one because you know it's going to be and it's also going to have the. Uh, Somewhat of the rally package, I have also a set of lights and, a, and, and, a, and other, other held uh, speed pilots. I have all that stuff for more than two cars, because I also have that, like I told you, that 3000 Austin Healy. Uh, but, uh, and, I, and I also located in San Francisco, from an old uh, collector of, of uh, Triumph parts, the uh, hardtop for this car in mint condition so you're going to make it look like a works yeah as a matter of fact uh, four days ago i just received all the hardware and all the rubber and everything from uk for the for this top for the 57 so you know i i I figure i'm you know if i start working on it soon uh i'm already working on it but uh you know i'm I'm gonna try to shoot for to have a finish before september well super then maybe i'll see it maybe the next boca concourse or some of the upcoming yeah, shows. Yeah, well, I, I hope and I pray that uh, they like the car and I may be able to uh, bring the car to next year, Amelia Island. Well, that's super. That'd be great. That's an honor. Yeah. All right, Jose, so All I appreciate right. it. All right. And we'll see it some of the future shows. Thank you. That Thank was, you. That was great. Okay, we're back. Now, that guy had an amazing car, okay? So the level of his work was probably a number one minus. That's how nice that car was. Now, our next interview is with Donnie Gold. Donnie Gold is the president of Auctions America, okay, which is a subsidiary or a spinoff of uh, RM. So uh, he's got a real good take on uh, on a summary of his auction. So I hope you enjoy that. the uh, interview, and we'll be right back. All right, I'm here at the uh, Auctions America in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, I'm with the president of Auctions America, Donnie Gold. Donnie, how you doing? And uh, you got a great event here. Tell us a little bit how Auctions America is affiliated with RM Auctions. Uh, well, Auctions America started um, when we bought the auction park in Auburn, Indiana. And um, we decided to give the auction. When we bought the auction park, we decided we needed a different brand because it's a different type of car we sell there versus the catalog sales we do with RM and the type of cars that we sell at those auction venues. So we started Auctions America. Now, RM's been doing this event here in Fort Lauderdale for the last 11 years now, and we decided to roll this event in under the Auctions America brand. Interesting. Now, I will tell you one thing. I've talked to a lot of people here, and uh, I am amazed at the satisfaction 
and the positive feedback all your customers, former customers, present customers, and customers-to-be say about this event. And they also are really enamored with the fact that this is still inside a huge warehouse here, or basically the convention center. It's Fort Lauderdale Convention Center, correct? Yeah, it's the Fort Lauderdale-Broward County Convention Center. It's a beautiful facility, and it houses everything, and it's clean, and it's preserved, and it looks very, very well. What do you think the uh, sale-through rate is so far for the auction? I think overall we'll have a sale-through rate that averages over 70% for the entire weekend. Right now, today, we had some real hot streaks going today. I mean, there was a point in time where we were selling over 85% of the cars going across the block, but as an overall for this weekend, I think we can expect to see the sales percentages between 72 to 75%. The other thing I noticed here that a lot of people like is you've got a fairly eclectic uh, selection of cars. I mean, you've got muscle cars, you've got classics, you've got pre-war, you've got sports cars. You just have a really amazing group of cars. Is that pretty much you're doing as far as the selection and the caliber of cars and the variety of cars here? You know, I've been around cars my entire life. My dad was in this business, you know, so I've been exposed to everything from turn of the century up to modern day collectibles. So uh, my knowledge of cars spans a very broad range. So I like to bring a little bit of everything here, something for everybody. Whenever you come to Fort Lauderdale, you can be guaranteed there is something here for you. No matter what you're looking for, there's going to be a brass car. There's going to be a a modern sports car. There's going to be a supercar. There's going to be a a 50s Chevy convertible. There's going to be a 50s Cadillac convertible, an AC Cobra, you know, a Mercedes SL. Whatever you're looking for, you will find something here. And we really try to keep the quality up here. I don't know if you've noticed when you walk around through this building, but it's really difficult to find a bad car here. And I'm not bragging or anything, but we really do keep the quality up at this auction. I concur with that, too. I mean, I was just looking at that 57 Mercury over there. I mean, the collection, it's a Canadian collector, brought those cars down. Every one of his cars were number two or better. You know, I think the worst car I've seen here is maybe a three-plus. So my hat's off to you for that. Now... This auction's been going, taking place at this particular venue for or under Auctions America for what, four or five years now? We've, we've been here for six years now. Six years. Yeah, okay. we, we started off at the Polo Grounds up in Boca Raton, and uh, they had some issues up there with the real estate, and we had to find a new location, and, and we found the convention center here uh, right next to Port Everglades, and this is one of the greatest facilities I think there is to have a collector car auction. Now, how many cars did you have in the auction today? Uh, today we're running 265 cars across the block. Okay, for the whole weekend, how many cars? 540 cars for the weekend. What's your maximum quota that you like to have at this auction? What works well for you? Well, we're comfortable with 525 to 550 cars at this venue. Okay. What do you think of the market right now, the current market? What do you think it's going? What, is it, what does this weekend tell you? The market's solid. I mean, yeah, it's very solid. I mean, look at the way these cars have been selling all day, and and very rarely do you ever see one sell short. So people come here, they find good quality cars, they they pay market value for them, and and everybody seems to come in happy and leave happy. So it's a what great experience. The, what were, what do you think were some of the highlight cars this weekend? Oh, the highlight cars. Oh my goodness, there's so many of them. I don't even know where to start. The Gauthier collection. Uh, you know, Jim Gauthier shipped his ten of his cars down from Canada, and and we just finished selling them. They did extremely well. We had, you know, the Steve McQueen '51 Chevy convertible, eighty thousand dollars, a lot of money for a '51 Chevy convertible. Probably 
a new world's record, but this is the only one with Steve McQueen ownership history. So that and it was, was also owned by the Pond Stars too. Wasn't that's it? right. Yeah, yeah. Rick, uh, Rick from the Pond Stars. He was the owner of the car, and and they were here all weekend long, and they enjoyed the festivities. They had a great time, and and they walked away with a nice profit as well. Super. Now the 289 Cobra that went through, the 260 car with yeah. the 289 in it. What do you think? That car sold for just under 500,000, like 485, 490. Yeah. Do you think that's market on that car? Well, that you got to remember it was an early car with a Wormann sector steering, right. and, and uh, the car had not really a checkered past, but it wasn't a real clean history, and mm-hmm. it was it had some modifications. So it was a n- good, solid chassis with an interesting history that kind of needed a restoration. So I'd call it. I, I think it sold at market value. That's good. And now the uh, 300 SL, the Goldwing car, mm-hmm. what do you think about that car? Now the car just brought shy of 900. Yeah. So what do you think? So that car was a little soft? you think that car did okay? I, I think it, it needed one more bidder to push it along a little bit more, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, the car sold for $880,000. I mean, think about it, $900,000 for a Goldwing, it's... Still good money. That's still good money. And then, of course, we had something really cool and late model I liked was the black BMW C8. So that car sold for what, 120000 125000 on Hammer, and it's going to stay here locally. It's going to one of my friends that owns a, a car dealership here in South Florida. And I think that was a good buy because that's pretty much show, goes to show you with 10,000 miles, that's about what the car cost due. Was it 120, 140, somewhere like yeah. that? Yeah. So it didn't lose any money. So that was a good investment on that car. Yes, no doubt. So now in your private collection, your car collectors as well. So what do you have in your little stash of goodies that's your little prize? I, I only allow myself five cars. That's my max. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I've had two cars since I was 18 years old. And one of them's a 66 Shelby Hertz Mustang. Right. I've had that since I was 18, and I have a 71 Chevelle 454 convertible. And, uh, and I have a 37 Ford Woody, and I have a new Hertz rent-a-car Shelby convertible that has matching serial number to my original 66. No kidding. Yeah. If I remember correctly, your 66 is one of the early 66s, uh, right? With yeah. Hertz cars? It's a four-speed car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's got the steel hood on it. If I yes. Correctly. Yeah. My, my car was out of the first batch that left okay. California. So uh, it's it's basically the same car as a 65 Shelby, mm-hmm. but it's black and gold and it has windows and side scoops on it. That's super. Yeah. Now, Auctions America, how many events do you have a year that are under that name? under that brand we do our uh, event here in fort lauderdale once a year we do two events in carlisle in conjunction with carlisle events okay. uh, we do uh, an auction at carlisle spring and an auction at carlisle fall then we move out to auburn indiana and we do a, a spring and a fall event in auburn indiana those are our two biggies and then this year we're adding a new auction venue to uh, our schedule in Burbank, California. It'll be two weeks before Monterey, and we'll be at the uh, Burbank Marriott hosting 450 collector car auctions for our inaugural event there. Wow, that's super. Yeah. Well, Donnie, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes to talk to us here, and I look forward to to seeing you at the next auction. As a matter of fact, so the Auburn one, which is in September, that's that's your biggest one. That's our Labor Day, yeah. We'll have 1,500 cars there, so it's Fort Lauderdale times three. Wow. Now, in the old days, they used to have a swap meet there, Right. We still have a swap meet and a car corral, and there we do we do a lot of extra things there too for the local people that like to come to that event. We'll have monster truck rides. Barry Weiss from uh, Storage Wars will be there again this year, and uh, and we've got some other surprise celebrities that'll be showing up as well. So it's it's a it's an auction, it's a car show, 
They have the parade downtown on Saturday, and there's lots of events going on out at the Auburn Auction Park that everybody will enjoy. It's a big family affair. It's a family affair, absolutely. Okay, Donnie, I want to thank you very much, and we'll see you in the future at some of the events. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. All right, we're back, and that was an interview with Donnie Gould. Actually, I've known Donnie probably 30-some-odd years, and he's a big-time Shelby Boss guy and collects muscle cars. And uh, uh, he's, he's been around the auction circuit. He's got a real good job uh, with uh, Auctions America, and he does a fine job because the auction is very, very well run. Uh, it's well orchestrated. He has some great inventory, and uh, I definitely put it on your uh, list. Hey, if you guys have any questions about tonight's show or anything like that or stuff on classic cars, be sure and visit my website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. There's a contact page in there, okay? And you can send me an email, and I'll be glad to work with you on any cars. If you're looking to buy something, if you're looking to sell something, if you need parts or whatever, uh, one of the things I do is I am a consultant, and I'm an appraiser, and I also work on diminished values, okay? So uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in on our, our radio show this evening. Also, next week, our special guest is Jeff Allen. There's a brand-new TV show called Car Chasers on CNBC Tuesday nights and stars Jeff Allen, and basically he hunts muscle cars. So be sure and tune in next week. In the meantime, stay safe. Drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you next week. We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. We can't still recall the time we cried. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.